you know, just the business of business was hard. Oh, sure. Um, but I started seeing this transition where I was moving further from being an artist and more into being a business person. And I hated that. I didn't like that. But what I realized is that business is about creative problem solving. Sure. Definitely. And so is art. And so they are the same thing. So I don't take it as personal when somebody's like, hey, you're a businessman now. You've left the art world behind. You're not an artist <laughs> anymore. No, no, no. It's about creative problem solving. So yes. Welcome back to Knowledge Brew Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey, back and better than ever. My guest on today's show represents a barbershop in Oklahoma City known as Weldon Jack Barbershop and Provisions. I'm here today with the one and only Jared Smith. Jared is the owner of Weldon Jack and received advanced training in barbary from the London School of Barbary. He's been cutting hair at Weldon Jack since the shop opened in December of 2013. And I can totally vouch for his skills because he has given me a fresh cut on more than one occasion. I actually stopped in a couple of weeks ago to get a touch up. I'm still very happy about it. My wife was very happy about it. So I can't say enough uh, good things. So in addition, though, to owning and operating Weldon Jack, Jared is also the founder and director of an art collective known as The Society. Uh, you know, used to be pretty active here in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, so he's a very creative, artistic guy in a lot of different mediums. So I had to have him on. Um, and we're actually breaking new ground here on the show because today, Jared is my first in-person live guest on Knowledge Brew Supreme. We are filming this together because turns out we're also neighbors. So uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Jared? Man, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, two doors down. Go figure. And it took us this long to get here. Yeah. I tried and tried to get over here and we finally made it happen. So here we are. Yeah, exactly. We were we were kind of circling each other like like you know, two junkyard dogs trying to figure out when we could make this happen. And the affection was there. Nobody peed on anyone. It was fun. Yeah, there we go. It happened. It worked out. I'm so thrilled you're here. So, like I said, I I, I think you're a really creative person um, in a number of different mediums. I got to know you personally through your, your work uh, at Weldon Jack. So that's where I want to start. Yeah. Um, so how did your shop, how did Weldon Jack Barbershop and Provisions come about? You, you have a bit of an origin story, is that correct? Yeah. <clears throat> so we got started in 2013 after I had been running um, the society in the Plaza District. And there was a time where essentially folks had moved on and I had decided, well, what do I do? You know, what do I do now? So I found a space, uh, got going in that space, and um, you know, essentially the name Weldon Jack comes from my grandfather, who was a barber and a mechanic in the Air Force. And um, uh, at the end of his life, I was going to visit him quite frequently, and he used to pull out these old slides uh, and show us a slide film of him in the Air Force. And uh, one caught my eye this time, and he was uh, cutting hair. And, uh, there was another one that he was giving a shave, and I thought, man, I didn't know you cut hair in the uh, in the military and he said uh, well I didn't I was just the only guy that was you know decent enough to not cut anyone's neck you know <laughs> and so but he would cut everyone's hair on the on base and yeah. the way he talked about what it did for those guys um, 
they were stationed in like a radar, it was a radar protection facility. So they were stationed in very secluded. Um, and so they didn't really have anywhere to go to get that stuff done. And the way he talked about it, uh, just giving joy to guys that, um, you know, needed to clean up and wanted to have a conversation to do something other than be out in the snow or the mud or the, you know, wrenching on, on cars or trucks, you know, elbow deep in grease. Um, he always talked about it fondly. And so, yeah, I, I, uh, decided, you know what, I think we can do this. And so everything's inspired by his name. His name's actually Jack Weldon Smith, but we flipped it as kind of a play on well done Jack, <laughs> Weldon Jack. Yeah. Uh, kind of quality in the name. Yeah. Uh, and an old Benjamin Franklin quote that I started to, to look at and appreciate after that, which is just well done is uh, better than well said. And so that's kind of the, the vibe of the whole thing. We've decided to uh, do retail and barbering under those, um, under that premise and where we're at today. So. Yeah, it's a really cool story. And you actually sort of answered my next question. I, I've seen the logo, uh, the, the quote, the Ben Franklin quote on the side of your vehicle on your shop as well. So I was going to ask about that. Yeah. But uh, I do have kind of a follow-up question related to that. You mentioned that it was a Ben <laughs> Franklin quote. Were there any other quotes, any other slogans that you considered? Uh, or was this like you saw this, well done is better than well said, we're going with that. Or was there anything no. that kind of made the list? Yeah, it actually happened kind of like I make artwork. So I'll come up with an idea and just Google search words and images and stuff to just kind of get the, my, my brain turning. And so that quote came after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, it was my grandpa's name that inspired it all. So it was Jack Weldon Smith. And I yeah, kept trying yeah. to call it Jack Weldon Smith barbershop yeah and it was just too much and um a friend of mine uh you know said well what's the most important part and i said quality in the name and he said well well done well done well you know wow and so i was like okay cool let's do that just Weldon jack and it's a very firm name it it has yeah it has has weight it feels like it's built on a foundation and uh you can only go up from there you know yeah <laughs> so, yeah exactly so yeah um that's that's definitely he was all the inspiration and then the, the quote and the yeah. other inspiration and the little details came later um you know in a shop like that we just willy-nilly started <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing i had knew nothing about barbering when i when i started the shop yeah yeah um and it was just one of those things where it's like okay what what now and uh it was well let's make our own grooming products well let's add a quote to the back of the grooming products yeah. let's let's consider what categories do we want to sell in? And so we, we chose five categories to sell in. And then it's, well, if it exits outside of those categories, does it fit brand? So everything gets pulled into a really tight um, brand centric, you know, kind of focus. And then all the auxiliary stuff helps um, to make it feel dense and, mm. and, uh, and rich. And, and so that's what we've been doing for the last decade, just continuing to add to what we already yeah, we already had, you know. Yeah, I want to go back because you mentioned <clears throat> transitioning from the society, getting into Weldon Jack. You said at one point you didn't have a lot of experience with um, with barbering. So, what was that experience like transitioning from you're running this collective now you want to run a barber shop? What kind of like were there was there so what, what kind of emotions were involved? That was there anxiety? Was there any kind of doubt? Or was this all like nope, this is what I'm going to do? I'm going forward. I'm, I'm, this is what I want to do next. Yeah. Here we go. Well, it wasn't that I didn't have, you know, it wasn't, I had no experience in barbering. Mm. It wasn't that it was, I didn't have a lot. Yeah. I had none. none. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there were conversations with people local and I, you know, I attempted to start my business with somebody else and that did not work out. And so um, <clears throat> I've always kind of 
not arrogantly, but ignorantly jumped all the way into the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, there's no arrogance involved. I think those things can kind of be confused. Um, you know, somebody might be on the outside looking in and say, well, that's kind of arrogant or flagrant or whatever yeah. you might say, but it wasn't arrogant. It was ignorant. I just jumped. <laughs> and what I didn't realize is that we're, there were going to be a lot of really hard lessons learned after that. Sure. Um, and so, um, you know, that's any small business though. Uh, but I, I never doubted what we were doing with the name with what I wanted to do with my grandfather. I just didn't expect that it would do what it's done now. Oh, wow. Um, which is get me to the point to where I felt like I needed to start kind of leading from the front seat, um, yeah. and, and learn and more about barbering, not only learn more, but practice barbering daily on the floor of my shop so sure sure excellent so did that act, did that answer that yeah definitely you definitely <laughs> did you covered it and then some so yeah. uh so from what i know about you personally jared you, you know you're an artist uh you have this art co-op at one point we're going to talk about later on uh you work in a number of mediums and you just mentioned at that time you know when you're coming to the craft of barbary you had no experience so i mean even, even a decade of experience maybe compared to other people is still, you know, relatively new to this craft. Um, what, you know, what was that moment? Was there just like a singular moment, kind of like an aha insight moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. Or was it like over time, you mentioned these experiences with your, your grandpa, you know, uh, you know, and all those things that, was it just a collection of experiences that kind of built up to this? Or was it one day you're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe you said, maybe it was ignorantly, but obviously it landed you, you know, where you are here today. So as far as cutting or as far as starting the shop? Well, let's go with, let's start with the shop, starting with the shop. And then maybe what was that moment like when you realized, okay, yeah, I need to also cut hair too. I need to do both. I want to, I want to be involved in both. Yeah. Starting the shop was, um, I'd started the wheels turning when I was going back and forth from Midland, Texas, visiting my grandpa. Okay. Okay. And then where I decided that I was going to do it and then started planning, it was actually, and this sounds somewhat bookworthy in my opinion, but it's, <laughs> it's true. Um, we were on a 32 mile backpacking trip between Aspen and Breckenridge. Oh, wow. And so the whole concept of the shop was planned in a, in a little journal or notebook yeah. that I kept on that trip. And I walked 32 miles with a 50 pound backpack and oh had God. to kind of, it's interesting. Artists seem to have to struggle through it to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And I, and I, <laughs> I forced myself to struggle through that trip, thinking about the shop and what I wanted it to be and do and function as. Yeah. Um, and that's that's when I decided to do the shop and commit to it. Um, and then barbering came came later with another couple of stories. So <laughs> excellent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. That's a cool story. I like it. You said it's it's book worthy. I mean, not only is it the cool experience, but you actually had like a book of stuff to like, yeah, that one day if you wanted to, you could publish that you could turn it into something cool. I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. I think well, I sketches good. and things yeah, like that. Yeah. As well, so. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so I want to so, so how did you decide not only that you wanted to get into cutting hair, but how did you decide you want to get your training specifically from the London School of Barbering? That sounds yeah. like very prestigious so what what was the inspiration there how did you get involved with them what was that process like of going through the training yeah well first of all anyone that hears the name is obviously going to think that it's well this guy thinks he knows his stuff <laughs> you know he must be very proud but it wasn't about that at all um you know my business i had settled in with um with people 
cutting at the shop that ultimately did not work out. And I knew that part of the situation, part of the problem was that I'm trying to lead people in um, a field I know nothing about. I've tried to curate it and dictate it from a distance with my taste, but I'd never been able to do that um, as, a, as a trained professional in the field. Mm, yeah, and yeah. so that's ultimately, it was like, yeah, I got to go do this. Right. And then LSB or London School of Barbering was about um, specifically men's cutting, cutthroat shaving um, and facial hair trimming. And I knew that that's all I was going to be offering at my business. In fact, not knew that that's what I might be offering, but that's what we offered. Right, right. And so that's how I was going to build a business is be able to do that. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the stuff you get into with Oklahoma uh, with licensing and permitting, it doesn't lend itself well to what we as male barbers want to do for yeah, male yeah. Um, and female and whoever clients, specific, you know, people that want to have a barbered haircut. Sure. That's our clientele, but the state kind of, excuse that messes it up for us so i decided you know what i'm just gonna go get away from it <laughs> yeah learn here um and yeah it sounds pretty freaking fancy i mean <laughs> yeah, you know there's yeah. there's no two ways about it but anyone who thinks that i can't back up um if, if they think it just sounds fancy come get a haircut and right then, and then tell me like is it any better or or do you feel like it was exactly what you would have gotten at you know super cuts or wherever you've been going, you know? <laughs> right so <clears throat> you know it, there are times you need to toot your own horn you need to be proud of what you've sure. been doing because you know i worked a, a lifetime to get to a point where i could even you know rub two dimes together to get to london you know yeah, yeah. i mean i when i moved here i had nothing i had 400 dollars and a 91 pontiac grand prix and everything i owned in the trunk oh wow you know and now i'm telling my you know my fiance i'm gonna go study in london to cut hair at my barber shop i already own <laughs> like it's it's all backwards and that's been my whole life yeah yeah but it's because <clears throat> I enjoy the process of life. I enjoy swinging in the dark. I enjoy like seeing what I'm going to hit, what, you know, what's going to be next. And yeah. Who doesn't want LSB to be a part of what we talked about being most important and something that I've just learned recently about myself is story. Yeah. It's yeah. a part of my story. So when I'm gone or when I'm, if I, if I'm here, you're going to say, <laughs> Oh, this guy, Jared, he trained at LSB and he did these things and he did this and he did that. right. Yeah. The society. Yeah. Well, then Jack and, it used to not matter, but the older I get, man, the, the more I realize it matters a lot to me. The legacy that we leave behind and how we care for people and care for community. Sure. And those thing, things are are marked, are named. And yeah. I'm associated with it. And that's really freaking cool. It, it is. It is cool. It, we were talking about this a little bit off the air before we started recording. You mentioned that you've kind of been having some of these realizations like, you know, yeah. like that recently. But I'm curious, kind of, I know maybe, maybe did it, do you think some of those ideas have kind of been kind of waiting below the surface for all these years because it sounds like it sounds like the experiences you had with your grandpa and coming up with your shop and all the development of that is just a, a reflection of all this stuff you're trying to do now like of, of thinking about your legacy and brand and all that and it just seems like even though maybe you're coming to terms with it in those words now it sounds like you've been just doing it. you've been living it for the last like you said almost 10 years is that yeah. does that sound yeah, I mean, I mean, it goes back to well done's better than well said. I would yeah, rather, yes. I would rather do things, and then guys like you stumble in the shop and go, "Whoa, where, where's this been?" Yeah, yeah. I'm just now learning about this. Why? <laughs> How? But it, it's that moment. That's why we don't pay for marketing. That's why we don't spend 
bukus of dollars. We don't need everyone to know who we are. We need people to to find us through community. We yeah. need people to say, "Hey, man, that's a that's a slick haircut. Where'd you get that?" Right. Oh, I go down down to this place, Weldon Jack, this guy Jared or Josh or whoever you know, whoever's yeah. taking care of them. And reality is, in my mind, you know, heaven must be like Mayberry, where things are just a little bit simpler. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not like. Um, I used to be kind of confused as to how I landed on barbering, but when I think back, even as a kid, I cared about that stuff. Mm. I can remember sitting in my grandmother's, um, you know, bathroom in Rolla, Kansas on their, you know, they had a farm and I go in her bathroom because she had Aquanet and combs and all this stuff I could play with. And I'd sit there and I'd part my hair and I'd comb <laughs> it just right. And, you know, and I liked, I had two three piece suits before I was 10 years old. Like, oh my gosh. Who has that stuff? And now I don't dress, you know, I don't dress like that necessarily. Now I've gotten into bike culture and you start learning a black t-shirt is a very important part of yeah, yeah. a motorcyclist, you know, wardrobe. Because right. When you get some on it, you can't see it. Right. <laughs> but it, I think it's been all of these things, all of this stuff, all of these, you know, these things coming up that has led me to get to a point where barbering is a part of who I wanted to be um being an artist is a part of who I wanted to be being a motorcyclist is a part of part of who I wanted to be because everything I do and you know blame me for it or not I do it for self so I can be better for other people sure you know I work on motorcycles so that I can understand the mechanics and the technicality of what goes into that when you dissect something like that and you think about all the stuff that has to come together to make this thing run you start reflecting on yourself and start yes. realizing all these little different components and things that have to operate well together for you to be a decent human, yes. for you to run a business, for you to invest in property, for you to, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing. And I don't have it all figured out, um, but it seems people's interest is as much in my successes as it is my failures. Sure. And it's because people are trying to do the same thing I was trying to do 10 years ago, and I'll probably do 10 years from now, um, swinging in the dark trying to see what they hit yeah, you know, yeah trying to find something that that gives them identity and brand and purpose um you know the the fault that we have is is giving too much to that mm. now weldon jack isn't everything i am and so it's hard for me to reflect back thinking well i was weldon jack i was an artist i was the society it was these things yeah yeah and i'm not any of that i'm i'm jared <laughs> and so the what i'm remembering now as i'm getting older is Weldon Jack's awesome, but what about the next 10 ideas? I have a friend who always tells me, I love everything you've ever done, but I'm so excited to see the next 10 ideas. Oh, that's you cool. Know? And so yeah. I don't really feel like Weldon Jack is everything for me. Sure. I feel like it's part of some performance piece yeah, yeah. that I'm conducting in the middle of community in Oklahoma City. And I don't know of anyone else who talks about their business like that. And I don't think I'm special talking to about it like that. I think I'm actually somewhat, you know, delusional or <laughs> odd in talking about it like that but i do feel like it's it's like a performance piece you walk sure. in every day and you perform with and for people oh yeah and you yeah. give them a lot a lot and you and you receive what they give back and um whether it's in barbering or in art or in you know the the murals that um, i chaired up and down western for western avenue or any of the things i've done it's not about any one person it's not about me it's about this community of people like inspiring people to know that there's more yeah you know? um and even the the reason we called the studio the society was because the society means a group of people coming together for common interest sure well what does that mean what's the common interest 
you have the the bird society, the <laughs> the paleontology society, whatever it is. Right, right. We were just the society because it was only defined by the mass of people. Oh, people wow. had to show up in order to define it. Yeah, yeah. And the people that showed up defined what the society was. And guess what? People in Oklahoma City knew what the society was. We didn't even know what the society was when we started. <laughs> and it's the same kind of thing with Weldon Jack. Yeah. It's yeah. a, you know, what's Weldon Jack? If, if we had been talking 10 years ago, what's Weldon Jack? I don't know. I've never heard of that. <laughs> but now you might say, oh, it's that little barbershop. On yeah. what, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that guy, wasn't that guy, Jared, the guy that had that, the society, wasn't, oh, yeah, we went to a show over there. I bought, <laughs> uh, you know, a print or a piece of artwork, yeah. or whatever it was. And so, I don't know. I always wanted to see a better Oklahoma City. I know I'm dragging on here. But You're great. No, this is awesome. I, I always wanted to see a better Oklahoma City. For about for about a five year period, it was it can be better, it can be more. I can do more. I can give more. And then once I got really deep into it, I realized, oh whoa, Oklahoma City blew up, <laughs> and it starts to eat people like me. You know what I mean? You have to realize that like when you give a lot and you put yourself out there, um, it can be people can consume it. Sure. Like for instance, being on West you know, Western Avenue board, painting murals on Western Avenue, chairing that project. Sometimes you get sued yeah you're telling me about that before yeah, yeah i mean yeah. It, whatever it is but what i'm learning now is you can do just as much on the sideline on the peripheral without being so deeply injected into the, the heart or the center of the city mm. that i can go home and spend time on my back porch or in a hot tub or whatever i want to do collecting and focusing myself on what's going to come after Walden jack or what's going to be added to Walden jack mm. or how am i going to next serve community yeah and yeah. for some reason Oklahoma City is like this, like this ex-girlfriend I can't quite get over. I keep trying to like move on. I keep trying to move out. I keep trying to do something different. Yeah. You know, my brother's in Washington State. My sister's here now, but moving to Tulsa previously was in Austin. My parents just moved from Utah back to Oklahoma. Oh, wow. I keep thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I think Oklahoma City is a place where people need to be inspired to, to see more, to know more, to do more. Um, yeah. I agree. So we keep stacking it up. Yeah. Keep seeing what happens. I think it's only going to get better if people work to, you know, to help it get better. I don't think going, right. leaving and going somewhere else. I mean, kudos to those who want to leave, but those who stay, yeah. Gotta, right. I think you got to make well, it, make it the place you want it to be. And it's about value. I mean, it's about valuing, your, valuing yourself. It's yeah. about valuing your business. It's about sometimes creating barriers because sure. there are going to be people that say things, do things that are, or hurtful or whatever it is it doesn't matter that anywhere you go stuff like that's going to happen but you know for me and especially you know whoever would be listening to this if there are people that are thinking about like should i do that thing that pulls me out of the world i don't like whether it be a corporate world or whether it be because that's the easy one to say like i hate my corporate life um, or if it's just that you know i'm a dog groomer and i hate that I, whatever it is yeah yeah it doesn't take a lot to, to, to start something, to do something. Mm -hmm. I mean, Weldon Jack was literally written on the back of a napkin, and you hear that story a lot. The name was written on the back of a napkin, and then it was dissected on into a little notebook I carried every day, and then it was pulled out into a larger sketchbook, and then it was a 3D rendering, and then it was, um, and then it was a I saw a building for lease that might fit that. And then it was, oh my God, we just leased that building. And then it was painting that building and decorating that building, yeah. designing that building. And the neighbors are coming over going, 
that place with a crap hole. Did you do that? I'm like, I think we did. Yeah, yeah, we did that, you know? And it, you know, I just didn't want to wake up every day hating the direction that my life was going. And I know that that direction can change at any moment, even in the future. Sure. You know, you can wake up and go, you know what? I don't want to cut hair every day. For right now, I feel like it's profitable. It's something I can do. And it, it feels like, and this is kind of a religious, you know, example, but it's kind of like washing feet. It's kind of like that whole biblical oh, mentality sure. of like serving. me serving you on yeah. my knees, washing feet. Like we have to touch dead protein on people's hair or on people's head, <laughs> yeah, cutting yeah. their hair, removing fluff from their scalp, doing things that people don't want to do. Sure. Yeah. But for some reason, we like it. Yeah. <laughs> we enjoy it. And it's because you get to meet a variety of people, um, people that need somebody to say, hey, quit your corporate job. Go do something else. Or, <laughs> hey, you probably need therapy, dude, because I'm not a therapist. Or, <laughs> right, right. Hey, man, have you ever smoked weed? It might help you. Or... <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is hey yeah. you know you seem like a guy who'd really enjoy motorcycles why don't you come ride with us we find a lot of that cutting hair mm. is is the top layer sure um it's all the other stuff that makes it worth it <laughs> and the only way to reach people as quickly as we're doing is to do it at a higher quality and so you know it's like moving into a neighborhood and driving a beat up, you know, old pickup or pulling up with a brand new Mercedes. Like you, you're judged one way or another. Sure, what sure. we're trying to do is present ourselves in a way that like, I can relate to those people. I see quality before I've even entered into the shop, yeah. which is something people tell us a lot. Like, Hey, we heard you're the best. And man, this looks great. <laughs> Who told you? And what are you looking at? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then they get a haircut. It's like, man, this was awesome. This is great. Thank you so much. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that after the last two years, after a really hard couple of years, people need, need to be in the presence of somebody. Oh, certainly. And dare I say, be touched by somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's you know a, what I mean? That goes a long way. Like, think, think how many people are sitting at home during all of this who haven't been physically touched in months. Oh, right. They're probably going insane. Yeah. And, and you come in and sit down in the chair. And the first thing I do is while I, and I, this might be off-putting to some, and they can tell me if it is, but most of the time I'll consult. But if I feel like somebody is not at ease, I'll just put my hands on both of their shoulders. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they just kind of slump into the chair, They're relax. Melted, yeah. And then they go, okay, uh, well, I was thinking about doing a 0.5 fade. And have you cleaned <laughs> up my beard? And that you know yeah and before you know it we're talking about where they came from what they do who they're dating who they're oh, not dating sure you know and all those conversations lead into the you know to um stuff that changes us yeah yeah our only job is to not judge anyone to meet people exactly where they're at and to be accepting of everyone and i'll say for our for our shop there aren't a lot of shops that do as many women's cuts as we do in in barbering do as many um, cuts with the LGBTQ uh, plus community oh, wow. in barbering um, in helping people um, who have emailed us um, through our website um, about transitioning yeah, cuts yeah. that help them feel more masculine or more whatever. Um, it's interesting. We've got to reach people. Um, you know, I'm thinking of, of one individual right now who's, you know, sophomore in high school, um, identified more as male. 
um, but still had um, she, her pronouns. Sure. But wanted a men's cut and got scrutinized everywhere she went. And her mom called me and was like, hey, could you do this cut? Like, we've been told no from everyone. Oh, my goodness. Hell, yes, I can do that cut. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. And we're best buds. Same <laughs> thing with the little boy I cut. Nine years old. His name's Parker. He, um, pretty high on the spectrum, brilliant. Reads at a, a level well beyond his years. But basic social skills, it's, it's hard for him. Yeah, yeah. And so his mom calls, says, hey, can you cut my son's hair? Yeah, we can cut his hair. Doesn't he? And then she tells me the story, and I'm like, yeah, still, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, the answer's still, And yeah. he comes in, and at the time, we had a shipping container where we could, um, you know, we could use specific types of clippers. We could turn the music off. We could dim lights. We could do whatever he needed. Sure. Um, and now he's been a client for almost three and a half years, and he oh, comes wow. in the shop with everyone. He's not secluded anymore, waving, hi, Dylan, hi, Josh, hi, Jared, hi, Josh. <laughs> And like my little bud, you know, yeah. brings me little placards and stuff he's written on. Gave me his little, especially his most important little car that he plays with and wants me to have it. I'm like, Parker, I can't have this. No, 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 you have it. It's, I want to give it to you. Wow. You know, it, you know. and his cool. parents come in saying things like, okay, so we're planning Parker's birthday. Um, we asked him who he wanted to have over. And he said, mommy, daddy, and Jared. He's got two sisters too. Wow. So stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why you cut hair. Sure. It's the servitude. It's the it's the showing up for people. It's the it's the touch. It's the um it's the look good, feel good mentality. Oh yeah. Um you gotta think about when we cut people's hair. Weddings, funerals, <laughs> job interviews, um, you know, first day at work. Sure. <laughs> um, retirement, whatever it is, right? We're always a part of the celebration of people's life. Yeah, yeah, and that you know jumps a, a broad bridge, but back to art. You know, the idea of art is to celebrate people's living and their perspective, a different perspective. That's what art is about. It's about changing gears, changing perspective, seeing something in a way that other people haven't, and then trying to communicate that and show that to other people. They're the same, and so you know, as it as it continues, it's just one big communal village people performance piece <laughs> that's that's cool I, if that makes any sense <laughs> makes total sense to me yeah and you you kind of already started answering one of my next questions i wanted to know kind of what are some of the aspects you enjoy most about running in a, a barbershop and it sounds like there are plenty you just named off a ton of them so i want to flip it around um what are some what are some areas of running a barbershop or working in that industry that you find challenging yeah because um, i'm sure not every single day are experiences like the story you said with parker no there are days that are maybe more challenging than sure. others sure yeah i mean you're in the service industry so you're, de you're dealing with any you know type of person oh sure um you know everyone is welcome in our shop we will have a clear uh, you know clear conversation with people try to do what we can for them try to serve them in any way we can whether it be through our retail or our services but the hardest parts are the, the modern day keyboard warrior. Um, <laughs> that hasn't been a problem in a long time, but when we first got going, I think what people don't understand is when you step into community and you're trying to start a new business, what you need is the community's support, oh, not yeah. the community's neglect. You know, it's not, I messed up, so time is a whipping post. It's, it's I messed up, so as a, another community member, what do you do for a living and how can you help me get better at this? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think that's the was one of the hardest parts early on. Um, also, just the the simplicities of of um, business, um, taxes. <laughs> it's a simple thing, but yeah, it's yeah. not. It's a difficult thing. You know, we we set in tax meetings, tax uh, tax um, uh, get-togethers from the city, like trying to talk about like, okay, if you're in the state of Oklahoma, you're going to do this type of business and serve these kinds of people, this and this and this and this and this is what you have to do. Well, say that to a creative mind and try to, you know, help me understand it because it's going to be a long process. Sure. I hope you pack the lunch, right? <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's, you know, just the business of business was hard. Oh, sure. Um, but I started seeing this transition where I was moving further from being an artist and more into being a business person. And I hated that. I didn't like that. But what I realized is that business is about creative problem solving. Sure. Definitely. And so is art. And so they're the same thing. So I don't take it as personal when somebody's like, hey, you're a businessman now. You've left the art world behind. You're not an artist <laughs> anymore. No, no, no. It's about creative problem solving. So, yes. man, two biggest things were definitely like, getting on board with uh, proper tax payments, um, uh, simple business things, point of sale systems, things like that. Uh, and then people, keyboard warriors, who were not understanding about how hard it is to start a small business in a place like Oklahoma when you do something like cut men's hair. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. So, but that's changed a lot. Uh, and now the hardest thing <laughs> is, <laughs> is finding time to do anything else but cut hair. Oh, geez, I bet. We cut nine hours a day. Um, we each take 17 services times five days a week. Wow. Uh, we're closed Sunday and Monday. Right, so right. now the hardest thing is actually um, physically running the marathon. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So. I can attest to that. There are times where I've had to look, I've had to scroll through your calendar a couple of times when trying to get a haircut. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I can get one, you know, this day. And it's like, yeah. nope, he's booked up for two weeks. I got to wait two weeks. Not a big deal. But I'm like, you can tell. Yeah. You can really tell just by that. Like, yeah. Well, and, you know, just a simple, a simple comment is if, if the states, including the state of Oklahoma, were, were easier about permitting, we could then go train people to be lightning. Because my training was yeah. a was a simplified version of what you would receive here, only because we omitted the female part of cutting. Oh wow! So if I could just train people to do men's cutting, yeah, like yeah. we do it, um, we could be bringing up other Jareds, so I don't have to work so hard <laughs> um, or work as much. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And when I say as much, I mean less than sixty to seventy hours a week. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, we're not talking about anything like. <laughs> well, you know, if I could just take off on a on a Tuesday and go, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. grab the boat and go out on Hefner. That's not what we're talking about. What right. we're talking about is like, like getting it down to a practical work day sure. so that I can enjoy my family and friends and allow for somebody else to come in and profit off the business we do. Sure. We say no a lot. We would like to say yes a lot more. Wow. And that means bringing on new barbers. That means bringing on new people. And part of what we fight is the state. And that, you know, some of my hope in the future is to get on uh, to some of that and kind of figure out how I can serve like sure. we've talked about community in that way because I think there are a lot of people that um, could be cutting hair for a living and making a really great living Wow! Um, but yeah. the state actually t ties them down interesting um, does not help them in any way um, in, in fact fought me pretty wow know, pretty pretty hard um, to the point to where you know attorneys were important yikes <laughs> so okay. so yeah but it's just one of those things i think it's i think what we what, what you focus on is is um what we have now what we want to do in the future 
and how we get there. And sometimes um, the shorter, bumpier road is is easier. Um, there's, you know, there's always repercussions in any, any path you take. So. Sure, sure. Well, what I want to know also, and you may have kind of touched on this a little bit in your previous answer, but you've been working in this industry, men's barbering now for close to a decade or on a decade. What do you think is the biggest misconception the general public has about a men's barbershop? Because you said you had kind of some pushback. You had some people that were, I don't know, you called them keyboard warriors. I'm not sure. Was that kind of, were, that, were, there, were there people out there just who didn't want this thing to happen? And, and Well, and, and I'll clarify something really quick. I actually ran the shop for a little bit before I was a barber. Okay. okay. So, so that was before I cut hair. Oh, wow. I okay. could not be an example on the floor of our barbershop at that point. Sure. So I was leaving it to the, um, to the talent of other people. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't what we needed. And that's where the keyboard warriors came from. Ah. Yeah. So, but at this point, you know, when I'm the one cutting hair, sure, that changes things because I can, I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard than anyone in that shop. And interestingly enough, I'm the greenest barber in my shop. <laughs> I've been cutting for less time than any barber in my shop. Wow. But what is different is that we brought back really great fundamentals from the school I went to, mm-hmm. to help spread that in the inside of our business. And because of that, the guys that work with me respect me. Everyone thinks that if a guy's been cutting hair for 20 years, he's a better barber than the guy who's been cutting for one year. And I would say that most people that have been cutting hair for 20 years, and this is a bold statement and people might criticize for it, but people who might've been cutting for 20 years in Oklahoma wouldn't stand a chance against a guy who's been cutting six months in a place where they specifically train to do what we do for a living, which is men's cutting, cutthroat shaving, and facial hair treatment. You're better when you focus. You're not better when you can do all things decent. Interesting. So we want to be, we've simplified everything. We only have a few services. We only have a few ways. I can tell you how to cut hair in 32 steps. Um, it's somewhat mechanical until you get to the point where we were talking even on your last cut, um, where you're making, where you're, you're coming up with solutions, um, creative problem solving. Sure. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it keeps going. I'm going to have to take this. Okay. No worries. Go for it. Go for it. It's the first door on the, uh, on the right. But we were in good. So I was trying to hold on. (laughs) I'm babbling a little bit. You're good. You're good, man. I like these. You're cool. You're all good. You're all good. I, I can just cut out any bit of uh, any dead time. I think you should just leave. Hey, I've got to take a picture. <laughs> I'll put that as the little opener, the little <laughs> opener quote I use. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> all right. So actually, uh, jumping back into what you said a moment ago, is it fair to say, it's going to sound really dumb, yeah. but Weldon Jack is not a jack of all trades? um well the jack himself or me <laughs> <laughs> yeah your shop you however you want to say that however you want to put it because you said you focus on three things and you're very specific about those three things and you're cutting as opposed to being a jack of all trades yeah I'm, i would a- say that we're interested in a lot of things and i would say that anyone who calls somebody else a jack of all trades is probably somebody saying that person has a lot of interest not that person is good at a lot of things ah i think okay. people have a misconception of what that even means oh wow you're even clearing my mis. i love that well, that's great well i mean i that's just my thought on it i don't and it's an opinion but it makes sense but we're interested in a lot of different things so if sure. you come to the shop and you sit down with joshua Lawson to the left of me you're going to talk about watches you're going to talk about guns you're going to talk about all sorts of things 
if you sit with me, you're probably going to talk about your feelings. You're probably going to talk about art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably going to talk about um, small business. A lot of people sure. that come to me own businesses because we can bullshit about it. Sure. Um, if you go to Josh Kidd, you're going to talk music because he is a diehard music fan. He's a drummer for hire. If you talk about Dylan, our young guy, or you talk with Dylan, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a gamer. He likes more modern music. He's a younger guy. Um, and he's got that clientele. I would say that our interests are hugely broad. Oh, cool. And just like the society, it is only defined, you know, the group of people coming together for common, common interests yeah. is only defined when you get a group of collective people together and let them be who they are. So Weldon Jack just sets the parameters, which is oh, a very cool. specific thing. You know, it might be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things, and that's what we do. Sure. Uh, or the cutting might be, hey, this is how we do it. We yeah. prefer a tapered neck over a boxer squared neck. Fine, whatever. But when it comes to the people, the people are the color, right? Everything oh, else cool. was just the line work. So yeah, uh, that's truly how I think about it. And, you know, I think sometimes I get so preoccupied with running the business that even my staff sometimes forget that I actually do feel that way. <laughs> and then we have a get together or a hangout or a Christmas party or something. Sure. And, and they realize, oh man, this guy cares a lot. Um, and it, it, my only fault has ever been caring too much for sure, <laughs> but I, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that, that, yeah, that the color is the people, you know, I like that. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I dig that. Okay. So besides cutting hair at your shop at Weldon Jack, you kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, you talked about the business aspects and that's an, that's an element or an area for creativity. But are there other opportunities in the shop where you can flex your creativity, where you get to really be creative, I suppose, as yeah. an individual? Where do you feel like there, where do you feel like in the shop does that bring out your most kind of your creative side? Yeah. So I, you know, my title for tax purposes is uh, owner, but when I'm at the shop, I'm barber, but sure. I'm also the buyer for our business. So I do all the purchasing for all of our retail. Now, when we were at um, our old location, um, we had about a thousand square foot of retail. Our new location, we have a bit less, but our, um, our new temporary location, we have a bit less, I should clarify. But the, per the building we purchased that we're moving into, we'll have 2000 square foot of retail. Oh, wow. And so yeah. my, my um, job is also to buy for the shop. Um, and it could be anything from watches, leather goods, uh, boots, um, apparel, where I get to flex the creative muscle is I do a lot of the, the, the design work. For oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do, um, you know, on off days, I'll go up and, um, you know, situate, rearrange the store so that as you walk into it, it tells you where to go. I mean, I think that's a really important part of me coming from art and into retail and barbering. Sure. Because I can, I can herd people where I need them to go <laughs> or how they need to flow for, through the shop to experience it like we want you to experience it. Yeah. Even in a temporary space, we've done that somewhat. Sure. Um, and so I get to flex there. And then with our new building that we've purchased, um, I'm doing all the design work for that and actually GCing the project. So you have GC, you have this, um, you have architectural design, you have interior design, you have um, apparel design, you have purchasing. I get to flex plenty. <laughs> what I need to do is start grabbing people to take on some of those things so that I actually get to flex less. <laughs> and then really focus, like we talked yeah, about with haircutting, yeah. focus yeah. on just what we're good at, what, what we know. 
Um, and what I know is being the visionary. I think that at some point that that's what will be my, my sole purpose is to continue to cast vision for our business and let other people occupy those other spaces. Yeah, so get to a point where you can kind of delegate some yeah. of those. Yeah, and cut things. and cut when I want, do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, also <laughs> serve clients that have been coming to me for a long time. Sure. It's not on lost, you know, lost years here that when a client comes into our shop, like I have one client I can think of specifically that pays our electric bill, that oh, pays, wow. um, you know, there's a client that might pay my gas bill at home. Like I can sure. think of the value of a number value of what they bring to our business. Yeah, yeah. And I don't take that lightly. None of my staff does. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're there to serve those people. We don't take it for granted. Definitely. So. Definitely. So I want to switch gears and talk about, you know, some of your work you've mentioned with the society. It was an art collective that you were running here in Oklahoma city. So what I want to know is kind of, you know, how did that, collective come to be and also how was that sort of the transition into your current shop Weldon Jack so it, I mean I those two things are even though they're two different mediums one is you know you're, you're you have a collective the other is it's a place to cut hair but how are those places or how are those two different ventures artistically creatively uh how are they related yeah I think that started for me when I was I was at UCO um in Edmond and uh, was in their art program and I took a painting class there and we had a studio space you could come into day or you know day or night and so I found a lot of really um safe space in there I could go in there and I could you know listen to music with headphones or if somebody else is in there you know talk about music with them what they might be listening to out loud and and I worked hours I can remember you know, maybe two out of, out of, uh, five days, you know, school days staying all night at the, wow. at the studio. And I missed that. And so we started this society because we wanted to be able to bring artists and, and people together, um, who missed that feeling, who missed that conversation, who, who missed like, you know, rubbing elbows, bumping knuckles with people who were like them. Um, and I know that's kind of been one thing that's been hard with COVID, especially with people like me. Sure. You suffer through that stuff. You, I, you know, I'm equally um, outgoing as I am introverted, but I always need to bump into people that are somewhat like me in order to keep that creative uh, flame burning. Yeah, yeah. And so the society was that it was, it was getting a group of people to come together to pay money into um, a space to foot the net. And then to host shows and events and, and host artists that have never maybe had a gallery show before. Um, a band that's coming through town who is, you know, surviving off ramen noodles and, you know, bottled water, uh, you know, trying to go from town to town ma and make it. You know, we might set up a show with them and, you know, sell tickets and give them everything. Yeah. We weren't making any money then. And, um, but it was so fun. And there were so many people that knew what we were doing. And there were so many people inspired by what we were doing, including us. Um, what it came down to, though, is those, you know, as a group, we were doing big things. We were doing big installations, big projects, big murals, sure. big everything. And the guys that were at the, sh at the studio started getting big boy jobs <laughs> in graphic design or in art curation or whatever it was. 
And I'm standing in the shop going, well, what do I do now? <laughs> and I've been, you know, kind of like we were talking before we started, you know, I've been talking to my grandpa a lot. And as he was kind of coming to the end of his life and yeah, he just who he was, man, inspired me a lot. He, he was a really sharp looking dude when he was younger. He kind of had it all together. He went to the military, got home for some reason, started down a path of alcoholism and um just about died he was 20 20 25 years into alcoholism and yeah. in his well, guessing but maybe late 50s was yeah. just you know at one point my parents say he was 90 something pounds when they went to see him in the hospital and he just wasn't doing well and um life for some reason got really hard for him and i think it's some of how he was wired and i think i'm wired similarly but i've always had art and other things to explore through yeah yeah and so i think when those guys started getting other gigs and doing other things and i'm having these conversations with my grandpa and reflecting on who he was as a younger person and then reflecting on uh you know his life as an alcoholic and then seeing at one point my parents visiting him in the hospital like i was saying and my mom is pregnant with my sister just about to give birth my sister is younger than me and um she walks into the hospital room with my grandpa and says, hey, look, um, oh, excuse me, I'm convoluting the story. My mom told my dad to do it. She would never do it herself. She would make <laughs> my dad do it. Said, hey, you need to go back yeah. and tell him, hey, we're pregnant with another girl. I, you know, I want to, I want her to grow up with a grandpa. So my dad walks back in and says, dad, look, um, we're, we're pregnant. My wife's pregnant. We're going to have a little girl. You know, you got to get your stuff together. And he quit cold turkey drinking, smoking at all. Oh my God. And never smoked again and lived a really happy, healthy life. And all I remember, so that would have been when I was maybe two, yeah, I'm yeah. guessing, but two. All I remember though is a grandpa who every, you know, West Texas grandpa, every time you walked into his house, hey, what are you doing, man? Get in here, <laughs> give me a hug. You know? And it's, how can you not be inspired by that? And then seeing old film and footage of where I actually saw an artistic eye through his photographs that he took in Iceland when he was stationed with the military oh wow and i'm thinking that was not the only missing thing for him was that he didn't have a way to explore all of that yeah yeah but then i'm inspired by his photographs as an artist so i took the photographs i take all of these things that were happening guys moving on my grandpa you know having the life he had pat you know getting closer to passing and just slammed it all together and it's the shop it, wow you know it it's the only thing i know to do you know i told my fiance when it's gotten hard i'll just go work somewhere else i'll go work at Home Depot. People ask me if I work there every time I go in there anyway. Ask me the beard or something. I don't You're know. You're just an is. orange vest away. From Always, <laughs> man. Hey, you work here? No, I don't work here. I told her, you know, when things get hard, there are times I just want to go work at Home Depot. She's like, you'll never do that. I'm like, what do you mean? I, I'll never do that. I, you know, I might. Well, but that's just not, that's just not who you are. And you know that. And you start thinking about it and you're like, yeah, I could go to that job and I could make enough money to live on. It's not about money. Right. It's about the, it's about the stimulation. It's about this, the creative satisfaction that comes from chasing rabbits down some of the darkest holes you could ever go down. And that's how I've always lived my life. Nobody is telling me how to do it. I'm just chasing some rabbit. I'm as ADHD as it comes. <laughs> you see something, you go after it, you know? And yeah. When I saw barbering works, let's do it. When I saw art works, let's do it. When I saw whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So kind of some of it. I dig that. Cool, cool. So we're kind of starting to wrap things up here. I got a <laughs> few more questions for you. One question I really like to ask people, pretty much everybody who comes on my show, because I'm extremely interested in this answer, but as an artist in, in any medium, so it could be, you know, it could be your current shop, 
could be the stuff you're doing with your collective, any of that, murals, whatever. When do you feel the most creative? Like there's so many points that like, you know, there's like the beginning, the middle, the end of a creative project. Is there any one moment that you feel like I am the most like locked in, you know, creative or a certain aspect of a project or any, any way you want to go with that? Um, for me, creativity is, or for me, making something sure is like us having this conversation without being recorded and you had to take paper notes and then, and then communicate what we talked about back to a listener. Sure, sure. Um, making the art is not the creative journey. It's getting to a point where you can make the art. That's the creative journey. Oh, wow. So I had a professor tell me that you only get a certain amount of time in your life to make art. And I thought that was baloney. All my life, I thought, you know, you can make art whenever you want. What he meant by that was you'll only have enough time away from work, enough money, enough space, mm. enough material, enough all of that. Sure. And so while you were asking the question, what, what dawned on me was traveling. Traveling is the thing that makes me feel most creative. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's not making the art that is the creativity. It, yeah. The creativity is just the documentation of it. Yes. It's the travel. It's the experience. Experiencing. And I, you can even dumb it down even more. Experiences are what make me feel most creative. Wow. And then documenting um, that creative experience is the art. Yeah, yeah. And it's your job as the artist to communicate that experience the same way you had it. Oh, wow. That's a really cool answer. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can remember, you know, as just like as a grad, as a grad student, you know, when I, when I had to write papers all the time and I had no idea what to write about or what, where to finish a paper. And I would just like randomly go for a run or something and then an idea would pop in my head. So I can totally see how just traveling to and from, I know you're really into motorcycles, how maybe yeah. you could jump on a motorcycle wherever it takes you all, all kinds of ideas can yeah. come to your head yeah from yeah. point a to b well yeah i mean i mean i've uh in collecting bikes um i bought a bike in Juneau, alaska and it was shipped on a skid over to seattle and i flew to seattle stayed in a motel eight because nobody was with me so i thought i'll just stay cheap yeah yeah um uber picked me up said why are you staying here this is where all the hookers go um <laughs> after they get done at the strip club dancing and sure enough, I thought someone was getting beat up above me. Now I know what it was. <laughs> Get dropped off at the skid, hop on a bike, and drive to Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Um, those experience that I had, experiences that I had, it's the same as when people talk about religious experience. Yeah. Um, there were things that happened that I can't fully ever communicate because there was nobody else there. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Nobody will ever know how I felt um, when I broke down in Moab or when I almost ran out of gas in the middle of an antelope preservation in northern Nevada or um, when I thought I was seeing mirages and stumbled upon a guy who had gas ready for me after almost running out of uh, gas there at, uh, after a 280 mile wow. no-stop ride. Um, it's experiences. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I, I'm, I feel... And this is being honest. It, it's not even about like I hope this doesn't come across um, like learned or pretentious, but I, I feel sorry for people who don't have a way to communicate like that. Sure. Yeah. Because what they do is end up fighting themselves, struggling through it. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, I can stop what I'm doing with business, 
I can walk outside and I can start collecting objects in a way that make me feel like I'm being creative or making something. Yeah. And I can separate myself from my stress or anxiety oh, or wow. whatever it might be. Right. The only thing that leads me down that road is not having enough time away from physically standing up and working. Oh, sure. Right. Oh, wow. So doing the mechanical, doing the cutting, doing that kind of thing. I yeah. love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the people. But you have to be able to fill the glass as much as you are emptying it. Sure. Because yeah. there's nothing left if you don't. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. that. Yeah, I, I hope that people know that there's something they can find that, that inspires them the same way as I'm talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I talk about with people in the chair, and maybe you picked up on that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's why we're having this conversation. I think so, yeah. It's partly because of, like, this is what truly inspires yeah. me. And you don't have to know anything about it. Sure. Care. It's just how, how we speak about it. Yes. So. Yeah, I've, I've had probably more people cut my hair than I can remember prior to getting a haircut by you, but that was something I immediately picked up on. Yeah. Like, first time I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's like knows his stuff he's not you know uh yeah i mean you know you're not just being pretentious or yeah you're not throwing the lbs card around just to throw it around you're like you know your stuff you're right. really good at this and you really you really care and i think that's what uh what is it's really important so right the work is is what comes after all of that it's, yeah it's kind of you know the modern day understanding that you can, might be able to just get famous by being on youtube yes that's correct <laughs> but like you still have to do work. You right. still have to know how to do yeah. the job. You still have to know how to do camera work. You with, with us, we still have to know how to cut. Yes. Or I still have to know how to illustrate or yes. paint a mural. If I'm going to call myself that, you don't get to call yourself something you're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So become those things. Yes. Want, want those things. Do those things. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. I've got a few more questions, just short questions. Uh, first, we've talked about your shop a lot. We've talked about Weldon Jack. A lot. So where can the listeners of this show, Knowledge Brew Supreme, if they wanted to look up the shop or maybe even get a haircut, uh, where could they find your shop? Yeah. So we do all of our booking online. And uh, for some, that's great. For some, it's not. But what the reason we do that is because if you came into the shop, you're going to wait for, for service. And at this point, most of the time, it's not something you could just walk in and, get, and receive sure. within a reasonable amount of time. So we do an online booking system. You hop on, you choose your barber. It talks a little bit about them. You choose your time, you choose your day. That's, you're done. And that's just weldonjack.com. Uh, if you kind of want to see what we're into, what we like, if, uh, if it's a place you want to show up to or not, um, Instagram is just weldonjack the same. Uh, and it shows kind of things we're interested in, shows we've been to, places we've cut, motorcycle shows we've uh, participated in, bikes we've built, yeah. um, cars we have, stuff we love, you know. Uh, and Facebook is the same, Weldon Jack as well. So, yeah, easy enough to find us. Sweet. And I'll add uh, some links in the show notes so people, if they want to, can eat, find it pretty easily. Um, so I also like to ask everyone who comes on the show, not only because I think it's cool for the audience to hear, but also for me, too, because I get to learn something. But what are you reading, watching, listening to these days? Any shows, any podcasts, any books, anything you just can't get enough of currently? This is going to be an answer you probably didn't see coming, <laughs> but there's not much because what I'm learning mm. is to take time for myself. Oh, wow. I think I've been really good at filling my time with stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, shows, Easy to do. and a person like me loves nature as much as they love Central Park 
um, or, you know, New York City. Yeah, yeah. Busy and secluded. I need both. Oh, but yeah. when you're right in the middle all the time, it's, it's much harder. Sure. And so what I've, what I've been doing lately is spending more time for myself in quiet. I get up about 6.30 every morning. I sit in a little inflatable hot tub and, <laughs> and kind of loosen my muscles up for the day and yeah. maybe meditate, maybe audibly talk, pray, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Maybe just listen to music. Sometimes I listen to just frequencies that are kind of help, you know, stable yeah. my day. Um, so right now it's about me, um, and, and that I dig it. Uh, but prior to that, I love collecting art books and, and obviously always flipping through that. Yeah. I'm not great at sitting down and reading. Um, and I, I'm horrible because I'm looking at your beautiful collection of books. Oh, thank you. And all I see is I want to color code them. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and I'm sure they're perfectly arranged for you. And all I want to do is organize them by color. <laughs> So I see. I would love to actually see that. I, 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 it's in alphabetical order. I'm just like imagining now how cool that would look. Well, and you can come over to my house and see all the unopened books that are arranged by color. <laughs> but um, it, it, other than that, my, my fiance is a big, uh, she has her master's in criminal justice. And so we watch a lot of criminology. And sure. I think, I think um, the, the idea of, of justice, the idea of um, there being right in the world yeah. is something that I'm inspired by lately through that kind of of watch so nothing particular because it's all so muddled together sure. our experiences with tv shows whatever but 85 percent of it is me spending time with myself I and like the that. other the other 15 percent is a few criminology type shows <laughs> and um and that kind of deal so. well i like that answer because it, it, it reminds me i probably need to do more of the same kind of <laughs> uh maybe spend a little less time with the podcast well, uh, we don't give ourselves enough work man true i mean yeah, yeah. i could obviously you know you caring to do this is what i think about um because it takes a special person to say you know what i'm going to do on a monday or on a monday night <laughs> yeah. with my neighbor two doors down i'm going to get together even though he's been really difficult and still <laughs> sit down and chat with him uh, his availability he thinks he is something <laughs> um, but that's important it's important to do those things and yeah so just the fact that you're doing that I think that you know spending time with yourself is important right? sure sure I, I'm glad we finally got to sit down and have this conversation Man, I feel too. like thank you I feel like the more difficult it was to achieve the made, made it th that much better absolutely the conversation so I'm glad it happened the way it did well it broke down the door <laughs> and now what you literally told me, right is the gates open and free beer all the time right? yeah there you go there you go <laughs> All right. That is actually going to wrap things up for today's show. Uh, thank you again to Jared Smith uh, from Weldon Jack for joining me today. Please check out Weldon Jack if you want a great haircut from Jared and others at the shop. Uh, links will be in the show notes as usual. This makes episode 16 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. I am your host, Dr. John Chansey, and my goal is to reach 100 episodes I'm only 84 away. I'm getting there slowly but surely. Thank you for listening today. Please share, subscribe, and review. Be good and be safe.